0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Connecting Dots podcast. My name is Osama and I've been working in the telecom industry for quite some time now. We have a very special guest whom I'm very excited to be interviewing today. Uh, Her name is Nimra and she's an international tax consultant by profession and she works for Deloitte, New York. So with that, welcome to the podcast Nimra. How are you doing today?
1: I'm really good, Asama, and thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on the launching episode of Connecting Dogs. Uh,
0: you're very welcome. So with that being said, uh, tell me about the role itself, and uh, how do you like it?
1: Yes, for sure. So as an international tax consultant, my clients are specifically multinational companies. So the expertise I provide them with they range from inbound to outbound tax services. That means companies with headquarters in the United States, but they are having non-U.S. income and the other way around. So I really like my yeah. role because, yeah, it, it is very interesting. It is a lot of work. It is a lot of um, working with the team with regards to making presentations and finding out how we can help our clients with uh, with tax. Um, So I find it really, really interesting.
0: Nice. Um, So before uh, landing this position, how did you develop an interest for this field?
1: So at school, I was an accounting and IT major. And as an accounting major, I had to choose between audit or tax. I chose tax because the people I networked with, I believe that I connected more with the tax professionals as compared to audit um also the tax people they work a lot with excel and i was taking excel courses and i figured out that my excel like i had a very strong uh hold on excel so i would like that work nice. and turned out that tax was mm-hmm. a feel for me
0: interesting so what are your day-to-day deliverables uh in this position
1: so on a daily basis i assist my team with the audit work the compliance and tax consulting as well. And we, for that, we do um, analyze our data, we perform computations, and we work on the work papers for tax returns.
0: Interesting. Um, what kind of tools do you use on a daily basis to get your job done?
1: We do use a lot of tools, but Corp Tax is a popular one. And besides that, as I just mentioned, we are our work is very much excel heavy but i with growing technology i see that the excel work would be replaced by automation and as consultants we would have more time to analyze the data and see what the numbers actually mean
0: nice um so considering the the experience that you have by now working in this uh position if you were to hire someone what would you want to see on their resume in terms of soft skills as well as technical skills?
1: So technical skills would be having an accounting degree and most importantly, most importantly, someone who would pursue a CPA. Um, as, as far as soft skills are concerned, I would say someone who can keep up with the training. There's a lot of training at the accounting firms. Because school is one thing, but then the professional life is something really, really different. So someone who can keep up with the training will go a long way.
0: Okay, nice. Um, Do you guys have any cool traditions at work? And if so, how do you think pandemic has impacted them?
1: I would say we used to have a lot of cool traditions uh, before COVID. Um, For example, we had bagel Fridays, so that was something to look forward to every Friday morning. Um, There was a food truck almost every now and then. And if nothing, like there was a ping pong table or a thousand piece puzzle table, um, if you are ever bored at work. But during COVID, of course, like that has died down. A cool thing that Deloitte has is a personality test. Uh, which is called business chemistry. And every employee has to take that and not only take it, but employ that uh, whatever personality traits that you have, employ that in your daily work, in your daily interactions with your colleagues and clients. And that helps you to communicate better and tailor, however you deal with other people.
0: Okay, nice. Um, Throw some light on, um, On the New York office, because I've heard a lot about working at uh, the Rockefeller Center. So it it must be very interesting and there would be a lot of energy because, of course, New York. So just, uh, you know, tell me uh, briefly about how is it like to work at that location?
1: Yes, for sure. So, you know, like New York has already has its energy. But then working at Rockefeller Center, that is something that everyone would want with the ice skating rinks right in front of you. So the tax department at Deloitte is on the 49th floor. And just being there, you feel that the entire city is beneath you. So that is very, very mesmerizing. Wow. As an intern, <laughs> yes. As an intern, I did go there. But I couldn't go there as, um, as an employee, a full-time employee, because of COVID. And because uh, like, all the offices were shut down. So that was something unfortunate, but um, everyone's busy over there. And an interesting thing is that there's no designated table uh, for employees. You have to use an app to book a table. Every morning you go there, you sit in the kitchen, you start working, and then you wait uh, if any table is available because a lot of people are out out at the client site and you don't have a lot of work sitting in the office.
0: Where did you graduate from and how do you think your academic life has shaped you as a person you are today?
1: I graduated from Seton Hall University uh, in New Jersey, USA, and I majored in accounting and IT management. Um, And that campus was my home for the four years, especially because I wasn't an international student. And I would say that the college experience was a very grueling one because, like, there are so many deadlines to meet. You have to read so many journals and write papers, and I'm sure like you would have gone through the same. Um, but on top of that, you have to stay very much active on being a well-rounded student, polishing your soft skills, being, uh, becoming a leader, and that is. That is the most important thing that my institute has taught me to give back to the community by being a leader. And by that, I mean that I was very much active on campus um, in uh, extracurricular activities as well, besides maintaining a good GPA. So I'm very thankful to Seton Hall for making me a well-rounded person that I believe I am right now.
0: Nice. I'm sure that you uh, you had uh, great professors over there with uh, whom you had a chance to learn a lot, and I believe uh, they would have been bringing in their industry experience along as well. Um, interesting. So, tell me a memory from the university that you still cherish the most. Something you can talk about it on, uh, in public.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, of course. Like there are very silly memories as well, but something worth mentioning is. That I helped a, a student um with their resume building and connecting with the recruiters for an in, internship, and in front of my professor he referred to me as his mentor, so I was very much taken aback by that, and that was a very heartwarming moment for me that I still cherish.
0: Studying abroad gets pretty sustainable when we uh complemented with a survival job. So in that perspective, did you end up doing any? And if so, which one did you end up learning the most from?
1: So in the U.S., if you are on a student visa, you cannot do, you cannot work outside of your field, um, but you can do on-campus jobs. So I was a tutor on campus, and tutoring is not my finest skill, and that was a challenge for me, but I needed some bucks as well. Um, so I took on that challenge and I I started improving my teaching styles, coming up with new ways to engage students and being more patient with them. So it turned out to be a good experience. I learned a new skill and uh, the students were helped. And in fact, one of my students, she recently called to tell me that she got a job offer at SAP headquarters in Pennsylvania. So that was a proud moment for me. Yeah.
0: Nice. Knowing what you know now, if you were to go back in time in your undergrad, what would you do differently?
1: I think it would have been nice if I could get a chance to study abroad for a semester, um, like an exchange program. In fact, I was admitted to Oxford Summer School when I was a sophomore, but I couldn't go there because finances came in the way, and then I made a trade-off with uh, an internship at BSF. So all it was a win-win situation, but I think spending some time away from the state um, and experiencing the British culture would have been uh, nice.
0: Interesting, interesting. Um, so looking forward in terms of uh, you know your professional progression. Uh, Would you consider getting another degree? And if so, would it be on the management side, let's say an MBA, or would it be to enhance your technical skills? So let's say getting a PhD, how would you comment on that?
1: As a tax person, I, um, I plan on getting my CPA first, which is Certified Public Accountant License. And after that, if I stay in tax, I would love to go to a law school so that I can study how um, law and tax overlap. And later in future, if I were to switch fields completely, for example, if I were to go into IT consulting, I would consider getting my MBA for sure.
0: In just a few sentences, tell me how do you define success?
1: That is a very challenging question. and i would say that i can give you an example so if i plan on studying for cpa and i studied whatever was planned today and i got to check i got to check whatever was on my to do list i think i had a successful day so i would define it as some as um a moving target so as long as you're moving towards the right direction, and you are just taking off the mini goals. I think that uh, you are successful.
0: Nice, that's very insightful. Um, what things do you find the most productive, and what do you find the least productive in your day?
1: Hmm, mm-hmm. planning my day that that makes the day a bit more productive for me. And something that is least productive is. Overthinking things because it just complicates them.
0: Yeah, true. Uh, it's pretty hard to overcome, but um, it's it's pretty good that you mentioned it. It is interesting. Yeah. Um, how do you comment on balancing life and work?
1: A very tricky question again. Um, and you know, like as accountants, we are we have a horrible reputation for maintaining a work-life balance, um, but. If you see that as a weighted approach instead of a 50-50, I think it is attainable to a certain extent. So, for example, if you, are, if you are working without any distractions, maybe you are more efficient in getting your work done earlier so that you have more time to spend with family and friends. Um, and, but then there are certain times when work demands you more, for example, the taxis. And you cannot do anything about it. Or if there's an emergency at home, you have to take care of it first because then it becomes your priority. So just making small adjustments and seeing which one weighs more and when, that that just makes a difference.
0: IT is a challenging field in terms of how fast things change and things become obsolete. So how do you keep yourself up to date with the changing trends in technology?
1: Yeah, very good question. Um, I I believe that Deloitte is very good at that uh, when it comes to keeping their employees up to date with, uh, with technology and providing resources. So we have daily trainings and we have podcasts about tax technology. Um, besides that, I do uh, engage myself in learning different tax terms or like how technology is disrupting tax. So for example, I recently took an AWS certification uh, about cloud technology and how that um, will affect the future of tax. Um, So yeah, like you really have to keep your fingers on the pulse of what's going to be next in your field because everything is being disrupted really quickly these days. So you have to be on top of that.
0: Right. Um, So changing the topic a little bit, um, mentors are very essential in our professional growth as far as a senior person believes in us and they can nudge us in the right direction. I think that uh, that matters a lot in terms of how we succeed in our lives. And it's a blessing to have a good manager, let's say, uh, at at work. And by saying manager is just an example, but just somebody with more seniority, Uh, as compared to your role, I think if they can lead us, they have a vision. I think that's a great blessing that we can absolutely not disregard in life. So in that perspective, tell me, how did you find your mentors and how have they helped you in your professional growth?
1: Yes, uh, I'm certain that I am who I am because of my mentors and the way they have guided me through my academic and professional life. So beginning from my freshman year, I had my professors as my mentor. And then moving forward, I connected to people on LinkedIn or whoever was coming on the business events, I connected with them. And all of these mentors, they were always there for me when I needed help of any sort. For example, choosing my majors or choosing between tax or audit or um, how to progress in life or at work and or just having a coffee chat to know how did they get to be where they are right now. So my mentors have always been there for me and I cannot stress on the importance of um, finding a mentor and building that connection and then maintaining it uh, so that you can get the most out of your mentor mentor relationship.
0: Interesting. Uh, so on the flip side of things, um, have you ever thought about starting a business?
1: I have. And in fact, I just started a side hustle um, that is called Sonder. And that is based on the importance of personal branding. It does cover resume building and LinkedIn and working on your cover letter. Because, again, I'm very much um, big on connecting with people and making your personal brand. It's because, you know, like, you can't always be covered with other brands. They don't represent you. Your personal brand represents you. So, for example, you go to a tutor and you hand in the resume. The resume is not your personal brand. It's just a piece of paper and it's just it just lists the achievements that you had in life. Your personal brand is basically what you like to do, what your passion is and how you want to make that passion and pursue pursue your passion and make something big out of that in life. So basically that would be your personal brand. So my um side hustle that basically is there to help the high schoolers or current university students or even uh, professional people who want to know who they are and who want to maybe get a new job offer or uh, get into an MBA program or something like that. Something, it's basically about telling your story. So, you know, like how Sonder means that it's a realization that everyone has a story to tell so i want to work with my clients to know what their real real story is
0: okay that sounds very promising and it sounds pretty exciting as well uh we'll definitely leave a link in our description so that people can check it out um and i wish you all the best with that cuz that sounds really interesting to me uh and i Thank hope that so saunder grows um and that um, this side hustle really um, you know add adds it adds value to your uh professional life as well. Um, so moving on to a fun side of the conversation, um, so it's more more it's going to be more of a rapid fire session, I would say, and you don't have to answer uh, with long sentences or whatnot. Just whatever the first thought that comes to your mind we'll just go with that, okay? Okay. Uh, so with that being said, what things excite you in life in general?
1: Um, I would say artistic things excite me, and besides that, traveling. if I'm packing my suitcase and hitting the road, that is something that would really excite me.
0: Amazing. Um, If you were given an opportunity to solve one global issue, what would it be?
1: Climate change.
0: In your opinion, what's Pakistan's most important or most imminent problem right now?
1: Um, Ignorance. Ignorance is... I think the root of a lot of issues and education, improving the education system can help it.
0: What's one of the most valuable lessons that you've ever learned in life?
1: Uh, That would be never getting trapped in the fear of failure. And once a mentor said um, that it's not the failure that destroys you, it's getting demoralized by it.
0: Are you an avid LinkedIn user as well? And if so, what would you want to tell people in terms of bringing more awareness that they should uh, be on that platform and, you know, like pay attention to their profile over there as well?
1: Yes, I am. Um, in fact, I would tell you a funny story here that uh, when I was a sophomore, I, someone asked me what my favorite social media was. And I said LinkedIn. I was that much heavy on LinkedIn. <laughs> And I'm sure like the Gen Z's watching me, they would be making fun of me right now. But (laughs) it's (laughs) very, very important to connect with people there, connect with professionals there and build your network. In fact, one of my mentors, I found him on LinkedIn and I have always connected with him on LinkedIn, never met in person, but a great mentor. So yes, feel free to connect dots with me on LinkedIn. I will respond to you in a, will
0: help you in my capacity amazing so with that we'll wrap up the conversation Imra. once again thank you so much for spending some time out and having this conversation with us and i really hope that our listeners uh are going to be benefiting from this conversation as well so with that uh please do uh, like share and subscribe and let us know about the feedback and uh, how do you like the content so until then stay tuned um, and we'll see you in the next episode take care